Joining me on a special Florida, Georgia, Jacksonville quick preview show here, we have Brian Fox Jr. and Jake Hit of ChompTalk.com. And I don't know about you guys, man, but I'm pretty pumped for this game in Jacksonville. As I am every year because I live in Georgia. So I don't like the Georgia fans. Yeah, this is a game where you actually think that Florida's as close to Georgia talent-wise as they've been in a quite a long time. It, mm-hmm. it seems that this game, more than any game in recent years, is a true toss-up when it comes to picking the game. Yeah, I think I've been uh, – when I was doing predictions, I think it, I, this was – I was very conflicted. I think um, last year I was pretty conflicted too because just it's not just that they're – they seem to be getting even, even though Georgia still has its – fair share of you know stockpile talent but it's also that it's a rivalry game and like anything can happen in situations like this to be cliche about it yeah as we have as we have known over the years anything can happen in this game uh there's a lot of uh tricks pulled out of the sleeves from everybody as if he want to go two years ago with felipe franks with the play action on the first play overshoots Van Jefferson unfortunately was not a touchdown could have put them in a good position right at the beginning and then uh you know you know got Kadarius Tony back there that can play quarterback and be the 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 wild card of this game so I I I expect a a, maybe some a, a pass from Kadarius Tony here but we'll see but uh Anyway, there's some huge injuries in this game, huge injury reports, especially on the Georgia sideline. You have defensive tackle Jordan Davis, as far as I know, is out. Kirby said he might play, but he will be limping into Jacksonville nonetheless. Uh, Defensive tackle Julian Rochester towards ACL, so he's obviously out. Richard LeCount obviously had that horrible accident, and at safety, he is out. Linebacker Quay Quay Walker is likely to be out. Lewis Kine injured in the Kentucky game, but Kirby says he may play this weekend in Jacksonville, and now just breaking news as I've heard it, George Pickens is out due to not making the trip, so I don't know what happened between George Pickens and the staff. I don't know if it was a disciplinary thing or if he is still hurt, but now George Pickens will not make the trip. Yeah, that's a big loss. Pickens uh, played a major role in the Georgia win last year. Uh, He adds a lot to that wide receiver group at Georgia. Uh, Highly rated player, um, real good talent. And uh, it's a passing game for Georgia that has specifically struggled. And the addition of Pickens would have been a huge uh, upstart for Stetson Bennett or whoever is under center for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Pickens is – Really good talent, Um, you know, especially when he took over that bowl game uh, last season against Baylor. He's just a really great receiver. And, you know, it's – but the thing is, you just don't know who's going to step up for for Georgia. They've had guys – they had a bad pass pass offense last time these two played. And then, you know, like you said, George Pickens came off. Lawrence Cager had a good game. Um, So, you know. They're going to definitely miss Pickens, though, but it doesn't mean they don't got guys a receiver. Yeah, Georgia stockpiles talent just pretty much like Alabama does every year, but usually Alabama can utilize that talent way better than Kirby can. But we'll see in Jacksonville. Uh, as we all know, Pickens being out is huge. He had a pretty good game against us last year, uh, beat lots of our <laughs> defenders out there. So, yeah, that'll it'll be interesting to see who they have out there for Georgia and how they're going to make up that safety position without LeCount there. And, uh, you know, uh, just me personally, you, the game is here for the taking, right? Uh, Dan Mullen had 
the game was there for the taking last year, as you have Jake Fromm coming off not an impressive victory over Kentucky, a loss over South Carolina. You're thinking going into that game, while wow, Florida has this game won, we're going to win this game, and then all of a sudden Florida loses by a touchdown. Uh, same scenario here, injuries all over the place, and now you're in the same scenario with a better quarterback, with an experienced quarterback, and more experienced people on, on offense. And, and the offense right now is averaging 42 points per game. So you have to take advantage of those defensive players being out. Yeah, uh, Rich and LeCow, that dude flies all over the field, makes plays for Georgia. And he is a big part of that defense. I mean, he's been like, what, a three-year starter of that defense so far? Yeah. So they're definitely going to miss him on the back end. And having not-so-veteran safety play, um, as a lot of people know, can really hurt you, especially when you're facing a passing attack like Florida. Yeah, and I expect Dan Mullen early to come out and exploit that safety the safety position there for Georgia. Uh, they, they need to start out fast in this game. To uh, If you can get Stetson Bennett, if you can go up 14 to nothing, you're having to force Stetson Bennett to throw the football. You know they're not going to try to run the ball. But you know at the beginning of the game, Georgia – We'll try to run this football. So, Brian, how do you contain the run against this highly great offensive line that Georgia has? Well, I think what Florida needs to do is do exactly what they did last year. You're going to kind of stack the box, and you're going to force Stetson Bennett to beat you. The Gators did that last year, and Jacob Fromm did exactly that. That's kind of the, the catch-22 with the entire thing. But they, they've got to do the exact same thing. For the most part, last year, Florida – kept Georgia's running game at bay and they're, they're going to have to go out and do the exact same thing this year. Yeah. I was talking about the fast starts here. Uh, Georgia is not scoring a lot of points on offense this year. And a lot of points scored for Georgia has also been on defensive turnovers. If you look at the Auburn game and, and everything. So they're not really scoring a lot of points on offense, but the defense is where the, the Achilles heel has been for this Florida team. And, and also the Achilles heel in some of these games right at the beginning is not getting a fast start. And that's where Florida's Achilles heel has been in the past two matches were turnovers right at the beginning. If you remember, you know, after that play action start two years ago, Jordan Scarlett has a couple of, you know, 10, 12 yard rushes and then fumbles the ball, puts it in Georgia's hands. They score points off of that turnover. And then just the next year, same thing happened. You start the game with another turnover. Can Florida start out quick, get a score, put pressure on Stetson Bennett, and make Stetson Bennett pass the ball? Can they get pressure on Stetson Bennett? Do you do you expect them to play more zone? Do you expect them to put more people up front, load the box? I expect Georgia to go a little bit play action here, knowing that Florida will probably load the box on defense. But it's just there's so many scenarios in this game that it could go every which way possible. With, with, with Florida's defense struggling the first three games, now starting to find their rhythm on defense after the Missouri game. Me, personally, I'm hoping the Missouri game was not fool's gold, but you never know. Hi, Brian. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll talk then. I didn't know. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's been uh, looking at it. It's whose weakness is going to step up for them the best because you already know who's, you know, which, what which team is good at. It's about whether the stuff they're not so good at, which one of them is going to ha- actually be able to just have a moderate improvement and show that, you know, it's not a weakness thus far. Um, just because of the fact that, you know, it's kind of like 
they need either one of these units, whether it's Georgia's offense or Florida's defense, will need to play the game of their lives just because of how much they hold their teams back. Right. One of the things that makes this game so interesting is that this is a case where it is strength on strength. Florida's passing attack, which has been incredible, versus Georgia's defense, which has been excellent all year despite missing players and, and whatnot here and there. Um, it's one of the things that makes it such a difficult game to pick. Um, we've talked about it. We've, we've got the predictions post that we do, and all of us kind of waited to the last minute because I think all of us are kind of flip-flopping on – you know, what we think is actually going to happen. And and none of us want to be wrong in these posts, and I get it. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, like Jake said, whose weakness is going to show less. And that's going to be what ends up deciding this game. Yeah, because yeah, predictions. I, I tried to save myself a little bit by saying that, <laughs> by making the score close and by just saying, if I'm wrong, I'll take it. So, I gave myself an out a little bit when I wrote it. I don't blame you because I personally was going to pick Georgia because the last two times I – well, I didn't pick Florida two years ago, but I picked Florida last year, and I was like, man, I, I don't know if I can pick them because, hey, Dan Mullen's got to prove it to me. He hasn't proven it. And, you know, Dan Mullen has to win this game or the narrative around the program is going to change. He's going to be – can Dan be curvy ever? And when you dress up like Darth Vader and throw shots at Georgia with crowd attendance and such, it, it all means nothing if you can't beat Georgia personally. I know Steve Spurrier did all of his, his things that he did at Florida when he was there and it made fun of Tennessee and Georgia, but there was a difference. He actually beat those teams. Now, I don't have that you know, same animosity towards Dan Mullen with Tennessee because he's just destroyed him <laughs> as he's come here. But, man, he hasn't gotten one win in Jacksonville ever since he's he's been here but right now it is all for the taking uh the, the just with the injuries just with the way georgia's offense is playing and the way that florida's offense is playing you have to take this game in jacksonville yeah and i think that the, you bring that up with him not being able to beat uh you know georgia which is the game he needs to win in order if he ever wants to get to atlanta but i mean that was kind of the narrative surrounding dan mullen when he was at state it was you know the uh, state was never really in the conversation for anything. And then all of a sudden Dan Mullen shows up and they start beating the teams that they might not have usually beaten. And then those become the teams they usually end up beating. You're supposed to beat, but whenever he got close to beating those top teams, whether it be in Auburn or in Alabama, he never really could get quite over the hump to do it. And the is the one year they went, I think they were like top five for most of the year and then got, destroyed in their bowl game after that because it was just so burnt out so it'll add to it's it's kind of like a recurrence here because everybody gave him the the excuse oh he doesn't have the same talent as these other teams do now he's at a top tier program like Florida where he needs or where he can start to get the talent that he wants and you know that starts not being an excuse and then it becomes more on you than anybody else yeah, and another thing that really adds to the intrigue in this game, I think, is the fact that both teams enter with a loss. This game is essentially a disqualifier. You're not going to make the playoff. You're not, you're not likely to make a New Year's Bowl if you lose this game. And we know how Kirby Smart has been outcoached in games that are, that are of this magnitude. So I think that adds to the entire element that this is like a win or go home situation. And you want to see how Dan Mullen last year, that team was painfully unprepared 
from the stupid wristbands to everything. <laughs> um, and so you want to see now, okay, everything's on the line right here. This is it. This is, this is your Super Bowl right now. And then every game after this will be as well. But this is it. Everything has to be on deck. And so you might see something like a Kadarius Tony pass. And I think, like I said, that that's going to add to the intrigue. That's going to add to the fun of this game. And it's, it's a shame that College Game Day didn't come to Jacksonville this weekend because this is it. This is the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, they've a, been to game before there. They went to game day like I think two years ago. Last year you had a great Memphis team, so you got to go there. And then obviously wherever they are next, this week, I haven't paid attention to it. The Clemson game. Yeah, I believe so. Know? Yeah, I, I think so. I I, I wouldn't pay attention either. <laughs> well, I just mean more of like this. This is the biggest game on the schedule this year because somebody's going to be disqualified in that yeah. Clemson Notre Dame game. Either one of those teams could lose and still make the playoff if they win the conference and then win the conference championship. This is a disqualifier. Yeah, because you already had your hiccup to Texas A and M, and that's obviously what I predicted. The team that Florida would lose to, but I predicted one loss was Texas A and M because they were returning an experienced quarterbacks and seniors, juniors, and all that. And that's that's the team that I said. And I knew Georgia had these quarterback issues, but I didn't know it was going to be the extent of what happened this year with you know Jamie Newman opting out, and then you put DeJuan Mathis out there. He's not as hot as you thought he was, and so now you're having to throw in a five uh, ten quarterback that's getting balls batted down at the line left and right and uh, calling himself the mailman, all this other kind of whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, you know, they're obviously – Kirby's obviously going to be watching the Texas A&M film and, and how Kellerman just ate up the backfield, ate up the defense, how they ate him up on the run game. And that, that's the film they're going to look at. And they're going to look at that first half of the Missouri game too. Why, what, how did Florida only – how did they hold him to only six points for so long? He's going to look at all that film and he's going to try to find a way to pick apart that defense because it hasn't been as hot as it's been in the past. But now you get a little bit of spark from that Missouri game now. So with, with especially with Kyrie Campbell, the addition to him now, you can move pieces around on that defensive line. And you saw it in the Missouri game, how they were getting so much more pressure. Can they continue that pressure and get pressure on Stetson Bennett to where he forces a turnover, or just stuff the run game. Uh, it, it all relies on Florida's defense this game. Yeah, and I think you're, you you hit it on the defensive line here. Brenton Cox has got to come out with his hair on fire and just getting up the field. Um, we saw it against Missouri. It was exciting. It was really good play. Uh, he played his position correctly. Um, but I think what we saw was the effect of having – Kyrie Campbell back on the field. Um, and that's why I think looking at, we've got to see what the effect of not having Zachary Carter there is for the first half. And so if Florida can get through the first half and keep it close, can Zachary Carter make a difference in the second half? Yeah. I mean, you just have to have guys like, I wonder, you know, the, the big thing we mentioned about why Kyrie Campbell be coming back is so huge is because like a lot of the guys on the defensive line, like a Zachary Carter, like, you know, uh, a Brenton Cox, they were playing out of position for those first couple games. And yeah. now you got, you're able to slide guys into where they need to be. Now that Carter's out, now the pressure is going to be on a, maybe a Gervon Dexter or an Andrew Chatfield to get in there. And, you know, Chatfield's more of that, that, uh, that speed guy, that pass rusher. And, you know, Gervon is more, it's just a big guy. So he could play that super big, strong defensive end. So definitely, you're going to need the younger guys to step up with Carter out. 
Yeah, the, you noticed how the defensive line, how much of a difference it was in the defensive line when Kyrie Campbell came back. And yeah, Ger, Gervon Dexter is going to have to step up, and I'm kind of excited just because he was a five-star prospect. You don't know how he's going to do it, especially this freshman year. But uh, if you ever watched any of the Under Armour practices or anything, he's totally just destroying everybody that was in front of him. So I'm interested to see if maybe they insert Gervon a little bit and uh, maybe you put Chatfield in there a little bit too. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know how they're going to do that little rotation with Zachary Carter being out for a half. But if they can hold Georgia and then get Zachary Carter back, it'll be interesting to see what kind of difference he brings there. You know, as, as Florida's already allowing 433 yards average this year uh, to Georgia's 300. So Georgia's already giving up 300 yards themselves. And I, I said this to one of my friends. I said, the reason why a defense is good sometimes is because of that defensive line, how they can get pressure, how they can make the quarterback step out of pocket, how it can help the the defensive back so they're not having to run around the whole time. So when you're not getting pressure, of course, they're going to burn your defensive backs all day. Uh, your defensive back can't run in circles 15 seconds and then expect to not have an open pass play down there somewhere. So, And, and when your defense gets tired out, what happens? You start getting burned. So, yeah. That's that's the thing that I noticed about Georgia's. Their defensive line was really good, but I noticed that when there was big pass plays, especially in the Alabama game or anybody had a huge pass play, even in the Tennessee game, those 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 guys were getting burned in the backfield. And I'm wondering if Kyle Trask and Kadarius Tony can do the same thing and Kyle Pitts. And along with Jacob Copeland, I mean, you, you got to think that Georgia's defensive backfield has to account for Kyle Pitts now and Kadarius Tony. So you, you're going to double-team probably Kyle Pitts because with the safety out, you're going to have to do something to contain Kyle Pitts. But that leaves it open for Kadarius Tony, Jacob Copeland, Grimes, whoever else they want to put out there, Justin Shorter. And I just that's why I made my prediction that Florida was going to win this game because I just didn't see the same quarterback play coming out of Georgia. I think they're going to score points in the run game. Don't get me wrong. Georgia's going to outrush Florida in this game. Uh, if something crazy happens, Florida will outrush Georgia in this game. I don't expect it to happen, but with two defensive linemen out, could happen. I don't know, but I predicted a 31-20 to 20 victory in Jacksonville, and that was my prediction. Uh, remember Jake's prediction. He predicted Georgia, and I'm glad he did because uh, we needed somebody to jinx Georgia. So I'm glad Jake had predicted Georgia to win. And uh, I, I don't think I saw your prediction, Brian. What was your prediction? Yeah, I purposely kind of hid it from you guys. Um, I hadn't, I still haven't actually posted on the document that we use. Um, but uh, I mean, I look at it as there's a lot of five stars. There's a lot of talent on that Georgia roster. Um, they're specifically talented along the offensive and defensive line, and I think that plays against what uh, Florida, Florida, some of Florida's strength there, uh, or plays into their weaknesses, I guess. Um, I mean, it's a toss-up. Like we've talked about this whole this whole program here, it's a game that could go either way. I think I'm leaning right now toward a 28 to 24 uh, Georgia win. Um, I may wake up in the morning and say, you know what, delete, 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 <laughs> delete, and uh, I might change that. So sorry if that happens. You guys can check that out tomorrow morning when we post the article. Um, but it's very possible. <laughs> Well, hopefully by halftime tomorrow, we can cha all change our predictions to like a 30-point win or something like that. Just out the There you go. <laughs> and speaking of that, I'm going to go ahead and do a, a little buy or sell here. I'm going to go ahead and ask 
Jake and Brian, and I'm going to answer it myself. Uh, buy or sell, does Florida score at least 30 points? Brian, take it away. Well, I said sell. <laughs> um, I, so. I mean, I said 28 to 24, so I'm uh, going to say well. no, but that, that's a really good Georgia defense, so I'm going to say no. That doesn't yeah, mean that Florida I'm, can't win. <laughs> I got to sell, too. I mean, Florida has yet to even break uh, break 20, I think, in the in these games. So – I can't even break 20. How are you going to break 30? I think Florida's offense may not be as good as Alabama's offense, but I think it's up there. And I, I know how Alabama torched their secondary. And I know we don't have Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith or, you know, anybody like that. But we have some really talented receivers, Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. So I figure we could – I don't think we're going to score 40 points on, on Georgia like Alabama did, but I think we can at least get in the low 30s there, maybe the high 20s. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and do a buy on that one, even though I think it could be like 30, 29, 28, 31, somewhere in that region. Uh, buy or sell. Florida has a rusher that rushes over 70 yards. Jake, you want to go first on this one? Uh, uh, it's it, you always, You're always worried about making that pick because you don't know who's going to get involved in the run game. Yeah, you know I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to buy. I'm gonna buy there, just on a whim. There's literally no pretext analysis to it. Yeah, I'm gonna sell my my thought is that Kyle Trask led the team in rushing last game. Uh, they do do this running back by committee thing where Damian Pierce might get some touches, Malik Davis is gonna get some touches, uh, Naquan Wright's been getting some touches. I don't think somebody gets to 70, but that doesn't mean that Florida doesn't rush for 100 yards. It doesn't mean they don't rush for 200 yards. It just means it might be a much more balanced effort than what most programs go through at this time. Yeah, I'm going to sell that one too. Uh, just as much as Florida likes to rotate their running backs, uh, I don't see them being able to get big creases on this defensive line, even with two defensive starters out. Uh, they they reload, but hey, who knows? I've seen crazier things in this Florida-Georgia game, but I do know yeah, that... Remember when they ran for like 200 yards or 300 <laughs> yards on Georgia that one year? Well, yeah. The, supposed to get mollywopped. That was a crazy game. That was uh, Will Muschamp's last year. I think that was a 2014 game. I remember that. I was, yeah. I was pretty pumped about that one. <laughs> but... I, I know that Florida likes to pass to their running backs, uh, especially on a, a little screen, bubble screens, stuff like that. But I, I don't see one of them rushing over 70 yards, but I, I would be ecstatic to see it. But I'm going to go sell on that. So buy or sell, Kyle Pitts has has over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, I'm going to go sell on that. I think they're going um, to make Florida beat them without Kyle Pitts being a big performer. Um, Pitts has, has been kind of quiet the last couple of weeks after his torrid start to the season. Uh, but I think George is going to focus in heavy. You're going to see a lot of double teams, um, which should open up options on the outside for Florida. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm going to have to sell on the receiving yards. It doesn't mean he might get 100 targets this game. Lie <laughs> on him a lot, but just a matter of whether how many he catches – um, but like, like Brian said, you know, to beat teams, you take away their best player and Kyle Pitts is their best receiving option, but it doesn't mean that they don't have guys who could step up for him. Like Kadarius Tony, he's been the leading receiver for what, two or three games now. Yeah. So they have weapons, but Kyle Pitts, I don't know if he's going to be one of them. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to go a hard sell on that one, too. It's just that I, I know he's going to get double teamed, but with the safety, Lewis, or with, with Richard LeCount being out the safety, I just I think they're going to get burned a little bit right there. And I, I don't know if the burning is going to be by Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts, or even it could be Grimes or Jacob Copeland, but the way that Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony have been playing, I'm pretty sure one of those is going to burn that new safety all game. So I'll, I'll do a hard sell on that one. But I think Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony are going to share that 100 yards. Uh, buy or sell, Kyle Trask throws for 300 yards again. You got to buy. Dude, throw, they throw it so much, it's hard for them not to get 100, 300 yards. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you're a Florida fan, you've got to hope based off of everything I've sold so far that this has to be a buy. Trask is going to have to throw for 300 yards if Florida cannot get that running game going against that Georgia defensive line. I'm going to go with buy on this one, too. It's Florida's been a passing team ever since last year. They still are a mainly passing team this year. And Kyle Trask is too good, still throwing for almost 69% for the year even though he had a bad game last game. And, and what's funny is Kyle Pitts had a bad game last game, and he still got 80 yards. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do a, a buy on Kyle Trask. I know, I know Georgia's defense is is really, really good, but I, I think Kyle Trask is just so much better. So I'm going to go buy on 300 yards. Buy or sell. Stetson Bennett throws two interceptions. I'm going to say no. Uh, last time I looked, Gervon Dexter was leading the team in interceptions. <laughs> this is not a team that is forcing a lot of turnovers, um, but maybe they can force some three and outs and get off the field on third down. Yeah, I mean, you can't expect a secondary that doesn't have a single pick through four or five games to start miraculously start picking the ball off. So I got to sell that. I'll give maybe one interception to Stetson Bennett because, uh, you know, a lot of passes have been batted down, and who knows, maybe maybe Gervon Dexter will have two this game. <laughs> yeah, one. however, uh, Kentucky did get a, a tip ball interception from a defensive lineman, so it could happen for sure. Yeah, I'll go sell. I, I do think he at least is good for one turnover, whether it be a fumble or an interception. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Buy or sell, Stetson Bennett throws for over two touchdowns. I buy that. I buy that for sure. Just because, I mean, they run the ball a lot, but if I have them scoring 28 points, I don't, I find it hard to score 28 points with four rushing touchdowns. And, you know, it's going to, it's impossible if you're running that well to not go play action. So he could get two, I think he get could get two touchdowns or more. Yeah. If it's, over two touchdowns, then I'm going to go sell because I think he's going to get two touchdowns. I think George is going to play it pretty balanced. They're going to have two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns uh, to get to their 28 points. Um, so I'm going sell because it's over two touchdowns here. Yeah, I'm going to go even at two. Uh, you, you never know what go what happens in that red zone. Uh, say if Georgia gets into the red zone and, and, and Florida's loading that box, do they really want to try to run right up the gut uh do do they want to do a little play action or a little fake pass to somebody in the end zone so i would say i'll put him at two but i ain't gonna give him any more than that uh buy or sell florida gets at least five third or fourth down stops this game yeah i think uh if florida's gonna win this game they're gonna get off the field on third and fourth down so i know i've picked georgia to win but uh, I am going to go that Florida's going to get at least five. I, I think five's a pretty decent number. Um, it's not ridiculously high, but it's also not low. 
Um, and I'll, I'll take it. And, and I think Florida fans would take that kind of improvement from what we saw from this team, their first three or four games. Yeah. I think five is like a, almost it's a little over a third of what they had against Missouri. So I think it's definitely a capable thing. So I would, I would, I would buy that by that because I think how many third downs do you think Georgia will actually see if they're, you know, not even that if they get a bunch of first downs, but more or less that they control the clock and there's that many third downs that they get in the game. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy on that one too. It, it, I don't know. It, it's hard. Uh, I, I think it, Florida's obviously going to give up some rushing yards, but Stetson Bennett, it, this isn't Jake Fromm that they're against. This is Stetson Bennett. So I, I believe Florida's defense is good enough to at least get five third down or fourth down stops this game, but they're going to need it. They're going to need it. And uh, <laughs> we said it last week. I said, when Florida's, when Florida's offense is kind of struggling, can the defense dig them out? And yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Dave, I think that um, the first down is going to be the bear, the barometer for how Florida is going to do on third down. Mm -hmm. If they can stop the run game on first and second down and leave Georgia in third and long and force Stetson Bennett, that gives them much more, a much better chance of winning the game and getting off the field in those early possessions. Yeah, I believe the defense could do it. I'm not going to just base the Texas A&M game where they struggled a little bit or, or Ole Miss, who's proven to be a good offense this year, or you know, even South Carolina, they, they got some stops that game. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy five. I'll do that. Um, buy or sell. Georgia rushes over 200 yards total. This is a toughie. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, I'll buy it. Buy it because you could be. It could be two hundred one. Be a two hundred five or something like that. Like, you know, I don't know if it's like two fifty or three hundred, but they definitely, I think, rush for over two hundred yards just because, you know, their run game is really good and Z- Zamir Smith had a hundred and twenty plus. I mean, Zamir White self. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I, me- I messed up your name earlier. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go sell on this. I think Florida is going to sell out um, on the run game. And I think we saw them do it last year, and they did it successfully. And I expect the same thing this year. Um, I just think that Georgia has a worse quarterback than they did last year. So we'll see. I'm going to go ahead and buy the 200 yards, even though I don't really want it to happen, because I just think Georgia is going to rely on their run game this whole game. I think there's going to be way more run plays than there is passing plays. Uh, Georgia doesn't trust Stetson better enough right now with him throwing five picks the last two games. And I just I see Georgia rushing over 200 yards. But if they get three or 400, then then Florida's in trouble this game. Uh, Buy or sell Georgia sacks Kyle Trask more than two times. Oh, buy it. Buy it for sure. It's just because, uh, I mean, they have a guy who's leading the, the, the SEC in sacks right now. And Kyle Trask, I mean, not for for all of his good things, does have the propensity to hold the ball a little bit. So I could see him getting at least get more than two sacks. Yeah, I agree. I think Florida's offensive line is going to be met with this – imposing defensive line from Georgia. And it's a pretty scary thought um, the way that this offensive line is played. I know at times Kyle Trask has had a lot of protection, but there's other times where, I mean, in less than two seconds, he's down. 
Um, obviously, Trask is not the most mobile quarterback that Florida has ever had, um, so that might play a role in it as well. But um, Florida needs to keep him upright, but I don't think they keep him upright for less than two sacks. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm going to go ahead and buy uh, two sacks. Hopefully, it's not more than two sacks, but I, I would say maybe three, four, something like that. It, it, I'd have to see more improvement from this offensive line. And uh, I'm worried about, and I don't mean to call out players here, but I'm worried about Gene DeLance. Uh, he's, he's shown to struggle in that offensive line, and I'm worried about Georgia's defensive line or a linebacker just cutting right through that portion of the offensive line and just getting the Kyle tracks. So I'm going to go ahead and buy the two sacks, but hopefully there's no more than that. Uh, buy yourself Florida sack Stetson Bennett more than two times. I'm going to sell um, until I see it. Uh, it's going to be hard to believe. And how many times is Georgia going to drop back? Stetson Bennett only threw 13 passes against Kentucky last week. Um, two times on 13, on 13 dropbacks would be a pretty significant number. Yeah, I would have to go ahead and sell this too. Just, you know, you got to show me. Just like Brian said. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, buy this one. Uh, I, I think Brenton Cox has has a has something to prove here. Uh, he's been very vocal on Twitter about this Georgia game, and uh, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna play like a man with his hair on fire out there. So I think I think Brenton Cox is going to have one of these sacks here, maybe both of them. And I, I did like what I saw out of the Missouri game when they when they were able to switch him into the role that he's comfortable with, how he was getting pressure and how he was. He played really good that game, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say they buy it. They sacked Stetson Bennett twice, but I know they're primarily going to try to run the ball. But I'm still going to give them two on this one. Uh, buy or sell. We see DeJuan Mathis this game. Hmm. I don't know. You know, it's it's it, Kirby does like to sometimes throw some stuff out there, uh, whether it works or not. He does like to do a little bit of trickeration. So maybe we do see DeJuan Mathis. I'll buy it. I'm by that he, we see DeJuan Mathis go out and play. Yeah, I'm going to sell. I think it's more likely we see a little bit of JT Daniels in there if uh, Stetson Bennett's is struggling as significantly as we hope. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead with... Hmm. I'm going to go ahead with sell. I don't think we see DeJuan Mathis this game, but you never know. It, you pull out the stops here in the Georgia, Florida-Georgia game. You, with big games like that, you never know, but I'm going to go with sell. Uh, I'm going to yeah, go ahead. Oh. I don't think any Georgia fan wants to see DeJuan <laughs> Mathis out there after what he did. I'm telling you right now. Game. Did y'all not see that championship game where he ran a fake punt with Justin Fields? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's Kirby Smart here, man. Oh, maybe they'll one, run DeJuan Mathis out there and he'll fumble the ball instead. That'll be even better. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go completely opposite here. Do we see Emory Jones' game by herself? Yeah, thousand percent. Yes, if he's healthy, he's going to get on that football field. Um, you might not see Anthony Richardson after that fumble last week, yeah. but I think a hundred percent you're going to see Emory Jones out there. Yeah, if you're going to see anybody as a change of pace um, quarterback, it's got to be the more experienced guy than the guy who almost gave up, <laughs> who almost coughed up the ball in the game against Missouri. And he's a he's a freshman at that. I mean. I know he's Dan Mullen's done it in the past when he actually had Emory in their their first year, his first year at Florida. But when you have options in terms of that kind of role, you have to go with the more experienced guy. 
I'm going to go with yes and buy Emory Jones this game, I, especially if Kyle Trask is getting pressured early on. Maybe he might want to throw Emory in there to get some run plays going. I don't know, but uh, I hope we do see Anthony Richardson in this game because that means we just blew the doors off of Georgia. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go on uh, buy Emory Jones this game. Uh, buy or sell, we see Kadarius Tony throw the ball to a receiver this game. I know we already discussed this, but buy or sell. Uh, I'll buy it. Like he's he's done it. He's done some uh, some stuff before, like that big games. Why would he stop now? Yeah, I think it'd be nice to see him do like a jet sweep. You know, throw out there. Um, yeah, I think I think we're gonna see something like that. Florida and Dan Mullen are gonna pull out all the stops to win this game offensively. He knows all the tricks, and he's got the players now that that can do it. I think it's a good chance. I, I'll take that. Whoops. Uh, yeah, I, I think he does too. Uh, this is uh, it, Dan Mullen has shown that he uh, not really last year, but the year before, he showed that he he likes to start the ball game off excitingly. And I don't know if they're going to start out with Kadarius Tony throwing the football, but I I think I see it at least once this game. I don't think I see it twice though. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy that. Uh, buy or sell. Georgia scores at least thirty points. Yeah, I'm going to sell that. Um, like we said, I, I'd pick 28 to 24. Most likely that'll still be the pick come tomorrow. Um, it's I don't know that Georgia's offense is capable if Florida keys in on the run game of scoring 30 points. They scored 14 against Kentucky. Um, ever since the second half of that Alabama game, and there's been more and more f- video and, and tape of Stetson Bennett, that Georgia offense just is not clicking. Like you said, it's not impossible that they score 30, but I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, they've only scored 30 twice all year, 37 against Arkansas and 44 against Tennessee. So it's definitely possible, but I don't think it happens. So definitely going to sell that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, sell that too, unless there's some crazy turnovers. Uh, I, I don't see Georgia scoring 30 points. If they do score 30 points, it'd have to be on some defensive plays as well or some turnovers. Uh, we saw it in in, in the Auburn game. Uh, the, the, the offense itself for Georgia has not scored a lot of points, but their defense has helped them score points in some games as well. So I'm going to go ahead and scratch that. I sell that Georgia uh, yeah, I sell that Georgia scores at least 30 points. I, I thought I said buy there, and I was like, no, selling. I'm selling 30 points. But uh, last but not least, buy or sell, there will be more than two fumbles in this game between both teams. That's total two fumbles between both the teams. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of running. There's going to be a lot of players in the open field that, that you know, there could be a tackle that does that. Two tackles, yeah, I'll say bye. Uh, let's see. It's hard to make this decision because Florida has the propensity to put the ball on the ground, but Georgia's going to run the ball a lot. So I'll, I'm going to sell it just because I don't remember the last time I saw Georgia running back fumble the football. I'm going to go ahead and buy here only because I have saw Stetson Bennett with the football in his hands and I've seen him miss. <laughs> I guess you can't call it a fumble if the, the ball is snapped and you don't catch the ball. I, I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and buy two fumbles this game. And hopefully it's not our team that fumbles the ball. 
But uh, I, I, I did say last but not least, but I wanted to throw this this little funny kicker out here. Uh, by yourself, Dan Mullen is winning with one minute left in the fourth quarter. Is he calling all the rest of his timeouts? <laughs> I don't know. I know that Dan likes to be that like kind of guy and take shots and really slight people, but I don't. I don't think it's the same as why when Urban did it because I feel like Urban had the pretext of them running out on the field when they scored that touchdown in 07, whereas Dan hasn't played Georgia in forever, and that's really ancient history. So I, I couldn't see him doing it, but that doesn't mean he doesn't like to embrace um, – I don't want to say – it doesn't mean he doesn't like to turn heel sometimes and do something. So I'm going to sell it, but cautiously sell it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell it, but my, my reasoning – Kind of like what Jake was getting to there, I think that, you know, back when that happened in 2008, it was incited by Georgia. Georgia came out on that field after that touchdown um, to kind of spark the whole thing and, and kind of gave the the rivalry new life. Um, Georgia hasn't really done anything to get Dan Mullen to to retaliate to. Um, in fact, if any, if anything, it's been quite the opposite uh, with the, the spring game numbers and everything like that. Um you know, and the other thing I think that might be at play a little bit, Dan's been under a lot of bad press lately. Um, whether or not it was, you know, deserved or anything like that, um, you know, I think he's going to kind of be on his best behavior, <laughs> so to speak, with this game. Um, and and I think probably looking forward, at least for the rest of this year, and maybe get back on the good graces of the administration over at UF. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and sell that one. I just figured I would uh... – Throw the one out there for you guys just to get a little <laughs> I joke definitely on. think it's something he would do uh, under normal circumstances. Absolutely. I just think there's been a lot of bad press lately. And, you know, yeah. there's been all kinds of all kinds of memes and stuff going out. So, yeah, I don't think this is the time to do it. Yeah, you don't want to piss off the people who sign your paychecks. <laughs> well, you never know what Darth Maul is going to do out there, especially uh, with you know what happened with uh, Vanderbilt the year before. They come out and bludgeon them fifty-six to zero. <laughs> so hopefully, I'm kind of hoping that Kirby does something to make Dan Mullen mad. That way, maybe we'll see kind of the same scenario <laughs> and a blowout win over there in Jacksonville. <laughs> Brian or Jake, you got anything else for us? Um, no. Any else? Anything else to add? No, I think it's a it's a it's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be a fun game. It's a game that uh, America's going to be watching because there's such a huge significance to um, what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting, I think, to see what happens with the lack of a crowd or with such a reduced capacity at the stadium. Um, it's not going to be your usual. You've got the red side. You've got the blue side. It's not going to be that. Um, does that take away from any of the enthusiasm? It shouldn't. But, you know, we're all humans, and, and these players are humans, especially how young at least the Florida, you know, defense and all are. Um, there's a lot that – I mean, there's a lot that we could unpack. We don't have the time to really go through every single phase of it. But, man, I'm excited. I can't wait. And let's hope Florida gets in that win column. Yeah, I'm excited for this game, man. It's the, the game of the year for me every single year. I live in Georgia. I have a bunch of Georgia fans that – are my friends so every time they lose i have to hear about it so hopefully i can rub it in their face this year and uh you know last time georgia and florida entered this game in jacksonville at rank eight and rank number five florida defeated georgia in a 49 to 10 route so uh you know if, if you're a superstition 
maybe Florida will win this game, but I, I don't expect it to be a route. But uh, as long as we can get out there with a W, I don't care if it's by 100 points or one point. That's all I care about. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brian, Jake, uh, nice joining you here on a Friday night to give us a little preview, a little sneak preview of the game before uh, Saturday, man. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, man, we'll have to do it again, huh? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. All right, thanks, y'all. See ya. So that was me and Brian Fox Jr. and Jason Hitt from Chop Talk giving you guys a little quick preview on a live video version of the Florida-Georgia game in Jacksonville. This, of course, is the audio version you can find the live version on the In All Kinds of Weather, the best fans in Gator Nation group on Facebook and also on Twitter. So, folks, I hope to be celebrating with you all with a victory and a monkey off Dan Mullen's back come Saturday. Thank you all for joining us in a special preview from the staff at chomptalk.com. <laughs>